controls will have to be imposed and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hack, Tim Foyle hack. Yes, and welcome to another fun festive episode of Tin Foil Hat. Uh, you know who we are. You know what we're here to do. As always, my partner in crime, XG. How are you? I'm good, good. I'm wondering how uh, Texas was without all that ass. Well, I got to be honest with you. Texas was wonderful. It's a wonderful. It was a wonderful tour. Texas, you came out. I can't thank you enough. I'm a 23-year vet. I've been doing comedy for a long time. I'm this weird kind of anomaly. And it was, but it was an amazing to be able to headline my first, my own theater show. Me and Eddie Bravo, it's our own show. But to be able to headline your own theater show, 20 year, 23 nice. years in, is, is an amazing feeling. You know, we, we did good numbers. Dallas came out. Houston came out. We had to add seats. So it was, it was amazing. Now, I know there was this discussion about me going to uh, some strip club and finding black strippers with horses' asses. Uh, these two nice guys uh, brought me and Reed, and they brought us to an Asian strip bar. So uh, unless you're in the rush hour, that doesn't really work. So, uh, But it was amazing. Houston was great. Texas does, uh, is an amazing to- uh, state for comedy. And it's almost interesting because, you know, you want to go to the blue areas because, you know, because if you're a liberal, you think all oh, blue. But I'm telling you, the red states laugh. They have fun. You know, they're, they're just laid back people. But then again, I, 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 wherever I go, it's murder fest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, not a lot of business this time, but really quick. I'm very excited that uh, November 15th through the 17th, that's Thursday through Friday, I am go- coming back to Boston. I'm doing r- markets I haven't done for 10 years. I don't know why, but I'm not doing, I haven't done for 10 years, and I'm coming Boston. I'm coming to Laugh Boston. Go to laughboston.com. And then Chicago, uh, I haven't gotten the flyers out, but Chicago is what date? What is Chicago? December 15th. December 15th, I'm coming to Chicago. We're doing, are we doing Cincinnati, too, or just Chicago? Chicago. Just Chi-Town, dog. We're coming, Chi-Town. Zanies, I promise you, there will be blood. I'm coming for it. We're coming for the lizard people. So it's going to be up. Those tickets are available, and I will have flyers and everything else going. Check out the Patreon, guys. I'm putting up, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing live streams on there. I'm doing an audio podcast, and I am now interviewing your favorite comics and doing a three to five minute QA, boom, 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 rapid fire uh, QA with them on conspiracies. That's all available. I am dumping more product on there than you'll ever go. It will be the best two, three, five dollars you'll ever spend. So go check it out. And then we got a Facebook page. Go check it out. It's Tinfoil Hat Podcast. Go check it out. It's very exclusive. Go check it out. Bam, look at that. Look at that. Bam, it grows every day. I am so thankful to you guys for the love that you guys put out for this podcast. You guys packed out Texas. I know I, I already talked about but you guys packed it out. You guys packed it out. And whenever I go, hey, man, is anybody here listen to the podcast and the room explodes, I'm a 23-year-old uh, vet of comedy, and you melt my dead heart, okay? You melt. <laughs> I am ice on the inside, and you melt it and i'm so thankful that you guys came out and we're going to keep doing more and more stuff i am on i'm going to say this right now i am on my third cup of coffee i got up at two in the morning i haven't gone to sleep to rock out these i am going to have my third cup of coffee it is 7-eleven coffee so i know i'm going to hear sam so blown out on coke on this on this podcast i am not blown out on coke <laughs> i will take a coke fucking drug test right now it's as close as coke that you can get this so. is legal this is pretty, pcp yeah, have you ever drank yeah. 7-eleven coffee it is like hey let's drink some coffee and go fight cops that's what this stuff does <laughs> it is legal pcp but i need it right now that's what mexicans get at five in the morning before they got to work construction what else are you going to give them uh, yeah it's, it's got to be right? it's got to be it's the only stuff you can keep your brain with it is it is go 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 so i'm very excited to have it uh joining a uh, ridge wallet 
Oh, yeah, real quick. We're, I'm going to get into Ridge Wallet real quick. Uh, Ridge Wallet, guys. Go to RidgeWallet.com. They are our good friends at Ridge Wallet. Uh, hold on real quick. I got to get this ad. Ridge Wallet. I they should... got bags. They got power packs, knives. Knives, they dude. They got knives. They got a the submit knife right here. It's a little pricey on one fifty nine, but with the with the discount, you'll be good. You'll be good to go, guys. Ridge Wallet is a minimalist front pocket wallet that helps you reevaluate reevaluate your everyday carry. Launched by a father son team, funded by Kickstarter in two thousand thirteen, the Ridge Wallet resides in the pockets of over a quarter a million men and women. The radio frequency ID blocking wallet. Now, what is that? So basically, you know that people, shady people, can actually read the credit cards in your wallet. They have this system, whether it's drones or so, they can actually read all your information, steal it, and hack into your system. This wallet blocks that, okay? It's got two metal plates, either titanium, carbon fiber, or aluminum, okay? And it's bound by a durable elastic band. My wallet is so huge, dude, it pulls my pants down. I, like, I look like I'm up to no good whenever I'm walking the streets, and that's not what I'm doing, okay? <laughs> I have one of those Seinfeld wallets. It's got so much. I got two parking tickets. I got a bunch <laughs> of El Pollo Loco receipts in there. I got, I got, I got hotel keys that are from like eight months ago. I just, I just hoard hotel keys. So I got them all. And with this wallet, it's going to help you simplify everything. It's really simple. You just go to TFH10. That's TFH10. And you get 10% off for our listeners, okay? 10% off. Use the promo code TFH10 and get 10% off. And guess what? Free worldwide shipping. Yeah, that's right. I don't care if you live in Angola because we got a lot of people in Angola. Okay, I don't care if you live there. Boom, you get free shipping there. Aaron, where, where's, your, where's your family from? You're Vikings, right? Uh no, much like your guest today, uh, Polish. Pol- the Poles, the Polish people love these wallets. If you send it to, <laughs> send it to your grandma, get her a gift. Get her a nice Polish gift of a Ridge Wallet. So go to RidgeWallet.com. <laughs> get yourself uh, uh, 10% off using TFH10. All right, so that's it. Bam, that's the business right there. Uh, joining us in studio, she's got a wonderful podcast on the paranormal. She's been on before. She's a returning champion. I'm going <laughs> to butcher the last name because I butcher all that. Karen Rontowski. You got Boom. it. Boom. Yes. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Lovely yeah. as always. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> Thanks. I had such a good time last Tell time. Tell them about your podcast again. Uh, it's all paranormal. It's all I love it. uh, ghosts and demons. And uh, now I'm on a big UFO kick. Oh, I love it. Big reptilian kick. This week I got coming out the whole story of Mothman. Which is my favorite. The Mothman? Mothman. Start to finish how it started, what really went on, the story nobody knows about what was going on in the town at the same time. It's, it's, I'm already excited. It's I'm gonna... super stoked. I'm going to oh, check that out. I'm the big, I'm all into those cryptoids and all that stuff. I know. Bigfoot, oh. chupacabras, yeah, yeah, yeah. Armenians. But Mothman, I own a t-shirt that says Mothman is my boyfriend. He is my favorite. <laughs> how about the lady who got engaged to a ghost? She says she's hooked up with 20 ghosts. And she's yeah. now getting engaged in ghosts. Have you seen that? <laughs> I have seen that. That's actually been around for a while. Good for her. Do you yeah, consider a slut or not? Yeah, I'm a little leery of things you can't see. Yeah, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, I, although I investigate and I try to help people and, and go out in the team, I am always like, be very careful. You don't want to start with fight with something you can't see. So I'm very excited to have you on because last time you were here, you were here with Kira and you gave me a reading and I was very scared. I didn't want because I, I I I'd gone. This is I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I'd gone to the doctor. They did a blood test on me, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna give you an HIV test." And even oh. though I have no reason to be nervous, I was nervous. Yeah. And I didn't want you to give me any bad news. And you're like, Kara looks at my thing. She's like, "Oh, there's some. Oh, don't worry about." It. I'm like, "No, what was that?" <laughs> and you didn't. Tell, but you did say something very interesting. And by the way, I, I came back HIV clean. Thank you. So uh, you said something that someone will betray you. Oh. Do you remember saying that at I all? I don't usually remember what I read, but, but did someone betray you? You go, someone in the future, they will betray you. And then my co-host just ghosted me. Oh. 
really? Yeah, wow. he just never even showed. He just one day we got in a fight over uh, whether we should go with this one group of sponsorship, and it wasn't all over my. I give, I, I was giving him the money. It was just like they didn't want to recognize our YouTube views, and we were kind of having a disagreement with that. And he said some snarky shit to me, and I said some snarky shit back, and I've never heard from him since. Wow, and you're sure he's okay? Yeah, I mean, okay. he just called in a Theo Vaughn's uh, podcast oh. asking a question of a former guest on here. Still repping a tinfoil hat, which cracks me up. But you did, as soon as it happened, everyone's like, those ladies predicted it. <laughs> yeah. They came on and he said you were going to get portray- uh, betrayed and boom, wow. it happened. Well, I'm sorry. I wish I was right. But but the, but you our, our new friend, I mean, I wish I was wrong, but our new friend looks right. just as I, I'm, capable. I'm yeah. not yeah. happy about it, but it happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always get guys with good hair on the show. <laughs> it, everything's supposed to happen for a reason. So w- did we discuss what year you were in numerologically? Well, no. What, was that what mean? was your birthday? 1028. 1028. Mean- so that's three and eight is 11234. Okay, so you're in a year four, so everything's going to balance out. So whatever goes, whenever something goes, something comes in. So your year is going to be about getting everything in balance, not to jump off on a numerical. No, dude, thing, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm cool with all of it. I, I mean, my life is going beautiful, so I can't complain. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, I think I'm up to, what am I up to? 50, 60 episodes, something like that. But I have to say, I'm with you. The podcast fans are the best. Yeah, they are the best. The best. And of all the years in comedy where it was kind of up to somebody else, you feel so grateful for your fans because it's different now. Now it's totally like you and them. It's not a network. It's not, you know, it's very cool. Very cool. It's like, Bill, and listen, in no way am I famous, but... Bill Burr always said, when, you, when you're not famous, every, every show is an away game. And when yeah. you're famous, every show is a home game. But with these tinfoil hat shows, it's like they've been home games. And yeah. a friend of mine came to uh, one of my shows, and she'd saw, she had seen me like a year and a half ago in St. Louis at the Funny Bone, which is a wonderful, wonderful club. But they're very old school. And it was like yeah. dead of summer, July. It's like very slow there. And they're not really into social media, or at least they weren't at that point. So let's say the numbers weren't that great at that point. And she was talking about how she was like, you know, it was so weird to see you there and then see you here at the Seeker Group in Houston where they had to add seats. You know, I felt like Carrot Top. They were just adding seats (laughs) and adding seats and adding seats. Yeah. And it's like to see you there and then see you in front of your crowd, which was so weird. Yeah. But that's this is the new equalizer. I always said the Internet was the equalizer for comics because if the network didn't like you, you're too old, you're not for us, da, da, da. Internet new equalizer. So I'm thrilled. And I can't, I couldn't agree more. And, and I tell people all about it because things like that, that I've learned, like my life has changed in just a year, year and a half mm-hmm. since this show's really gotten into its groove, you know? Yep. And like I see people who are like kind of me at one point trying to be like, what? A, I can't, can't get, and I, I like, I stress to them the, U, the podcast, the YouTube channel. You know, a friend of mine changed my life, get my YouTube going. And I told yeah. someone his name's Theo Vaughn to do it. And two weeks ago, he's like, brother you changed my life man you changed my life and like <laughs> it's just really blown him up you yeah. know so it's uh i'm very thankful now some of you guys are going to go on here and you're going to comment oh they're five ten minutes in they haven't started talking about it. just know that gets you blocked okay that gets you blocked <laughs> on the youtube because this is the natural conversation in particular very thankful for my sponsors it's hard to get sponsors when you do this type of topic so when you guys tell them to jump the sponsors it hurts the show so you will get blocked. That's probably the only thing I'll block you for. You just got to leave the sponsors alone and let them do their whole thing. But I hit you up because I wanted to get you back. And I go, right, what do you want to talk about? And you basically said um, uh, Malaysian Airlines like MH370, right? Yep. Got a big, I got a big thing for that. What do you mean you got a big thing for I it? mean, it was, I kind of didn't, it took me, I was not expecting to go where it took me when I first did this, which probably was, I think it was the beginning of the year. And I have a little change to who I think did it or why it happened in the end. Okay. But it's not that far from when I did the podcast. But I really, because, you know, I would love being in the paranormal that this was like went through a time warp or something. But no, it's very human. You follow it and you know exactly where it's going. And it's pretty. Uh, the conspiracy theories unfold on their own. Yeah. Here's all I know is if the news is everybody's covering it, there's something else going on. Right. That's all I know in the year and a half I've been doing this show. Well, it's the biggest aviation uh, mystery in history. Since Amelia Earhart. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Like it, mm-hmm. it, 
Malaysia wasted so much money on this shit. They have no fucking idea. And then, and then something else happened again to another plane. You're like, I would never fly Malaysian Airlines. Right, ever. right. I would rather walk it. <laughs> yeah. I'll meet you there. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking a, a mule, and we're just going to get there next year. Yeah. It was really interesting. Have you guys covered this yet? You must have, right? No. Oh, wow. Okay. This is the first time we've covered it. And there's so much. So many theories on what's going on from the pilot to mm-hmm. who's on the plane, geopolitics. Yep. It's like really, it's like a mystery of who's who of conspiracies. And this is what we live for. But again, when everybody's covering it, no. I mean, when CNN is flying in planes and getting bunkers and they're reenacting everything, you know something else is going on. Yeah, absolutely. There's some weird misinformation about to happen. So I want to get into just the timeline real quick. Malaysian Airline, Airlines Flight MH370 at 12.41 a.m. on March 18th, 2014, le- left Kula Kumpar bound for Beijing. <laughs> I butchered that. With two thir- 239 people on board. Uh, and 107, last automated ACARS aircraft communication and addressing and reporting system transmission set. Those are, those are handoffs. They're just going this. What are handoffs? Handoffs is when uh, the pilot comes on. He's in your airspace and he says, it's flight 370. Good night. And they say, oh, good night. We know who you are. And then that goes until he gets to the next one, the next air traffic area. That's when Vietnam was supposed to pick it up, right? Wasn't it going from Malaysia to Vietnam? It was actually going to be Beijing. Like it was kind of the way the flight actually ended up flying the way I did this so that like if you were going San Diego to Baltimore, that was the flight. But it was Malaysia to Beijing. And then it kind of got halfway. Say you get to Kansas City. The guy takes a right and then a left. And then he goes up as though if you would go over Portland and then up to Alaska. So that's an I figure Americans only know who lost the handoff. Uh, He turned off the transponder. We're already ahead of ourselves. Here we go. Do you want to go back to the time? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. The uh, expected uh, 137 transmission was not sent because of system silence. The ACRS is basically an automated time clock system, the data reporting system for airlines. So the ground organization knows who, where, and when the flight crew is doing something, and the mechanics status of the aircraft. And that's the key. Is uh, So you have the transponder when you watch in the movies. There's two kinds of radar. There's the one where you see the number of the – they see it, it says flight 370 and that goes by and they can get all the information from the plane, where it is, how fast it's going. That's a transponder that's on, that the pilot has. He turns the transponder off. So now they only have military radar, which means that's where you see a block. So they don't, they're not sure if it's him. They don't know what's going on, why someone would turn that off. So he goes dark. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> it's one nineteen a.m. Last transmission from Flight M three seven zero confirmed by Malaysian Airlines. Good night, Malaysia three seven zero. CNN has the last words as "All right, good night." Good night means the aircraft is passing from one airspace to another. Mm-hmm. Flight transponders shut down minutes later as the plane passes into the Vietnamese spa- airspace. Vietnamese Civil Aviation Authority claims the flight mm-hmm. never checked in. Right. So the, he turns that off right between airspace. Oh, my So he God. turned it off. He turned it off. Now, there's a little uh, argument about can the pilot turn off the transponder or not. I don't know if he can or can't, but it went off. I think he turned it off. My friend's a pilot, and she goes, yeah, he just killed that. So now he did it right at that. He knew exactly when to do that. Because oh, I thought it was just like loss of connection, kind of like when you go under a bridge type of shit where it's just, it just stopped working. No. No, it, went, it, it was turned you off. turned it off. Yeah. All right. 2.15 a.m. Malaysian air, military radar shows the plane off the tip of what is that? Plantucket Island in Thai airspace. Uh, hey, guys, real quick. If you're expecting proper reading, you're on the wrong podcast. I'm so glad <laughs> yeah. you did that. Thai, I hacked these up on mine, right. too. <laughs> uh, Thai authorities confirmed the flight, then turned west. That's Phuket, uh, by the way. Phuket, thank you. I you left could, Kuala Lumpur. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh. That's why you're here, all right? And the shit on our birthday cakes. Later, Malaysian air authorities say the plane was actually further west. 2.28 a.m. Satellite handshake shows the plane over I- the Indian Ocean. A 11 a.m. Final satellite handshake shows the p- 
pi- the plane headed either north from Thailand to Kazakhstan or south into the Indian Ocean near Ind- Indonesia. The final information is only released a week later after the search has been going on. What is going on there? Talk to me. Well, a lot of things that they didn't include in that. Okay. okay. So once that goes off, he makes like a weird right and then a left. And the thing about the right, just a little tidbit that was kind of weird, was he was going over his hometown. Uh-huh. So he kind of, they were like, we don't really know if that was like a tip, like that goodbye map, or that what. That puppet at all? Because um, that's what they said that, that's what we got of where it went. That Look he, anything like that? Yes. Okay. So you got, uh, this is what I saw from there. So he was supposed to go, yeah, this is a little bigger. I um, made it a little smaller in, when I was saying that. A Can little you point quieter. to where you're going real quick? I he was going, okay, so he's going Malaysia. Right, I'll, I'll repeat what you're saying. Okay, and so then Beijing should be over here. Okay, so, so the red is how he was supposed to going go. up. He's yeah. head, He's flying up. Right. All right. Here. This is where the turn. One of the turns takes, and then one of the turns is here. Yeah. Okay. So this is. Um, I think this is where something. Of, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, something about the turn. One of these turns was right over where he was from. So that's just a weird tidbit that kind of means nothing. But it, but he. But did it, it is just a. a it's just a in weird, conspiracies. There's no such thing as cons- right. uh, coincidence. But it is a weird, just a, a wrinkle. Yes. In this whole thing. Yep. And he and what also happens is once he turns off the transponder and they don't know where he is. Um, everybody tries to get a hold of them. And one plane, one other plane did connect with them on the distress channel. And they said that because he wasn't picking up the phone, they were calling him and he wasn't picking up the phone. The other plane calls on the distress channel. Somebody keys the mic, which means somebody is in the pilot's place and all they hear is static and mumbling. They hear no talking. Um, In my theory, I think that was the co-pilot. Because um, the big theory, should I give the big theory on this? Why not? He, when he, before he made that turn, the pilot had to do something to the co pilot. Okay. And after the co pilot is out, do something, you he mean has to put him out, he has him to out, right, him out. get him out of the cockpit, one of the two. Then he depressurizes the cabin, kills everybody on the plane. As they're flying. As they're flying. And he does that before you make the turn. And I talked to some pilots, and they said depressurizing the cabin is the best way because people just fall asleep. Everybody gets tired. They fall asleep. They don't realize it's happening. That's why you have no distressed text messages, nobody saying the plane turned the wrong way. We don't have anything from oh, the passengers. Interesting. Everybody it just like goes anesthesia, to Kind of like anesthesia when they right. try to count, count back, and then all of a sudden you – And everybody's done. You, so I think the king of the mic was somehow the co-pilot, which I don't know if he would have drugged him or whatever. But now you put the co-pilot, you, then you repressurize the cabin and you put all the bodies there and you go fly. So wow. now he's got the plane to himself. So this pattern that he took was literally where the plane would go little bit in this airspace, little bit in this one, back and forth, back and forth, so that nobody's claiming the plane. Because everybody's like, oh, it was there for a second, but now they must have it over there. So this is why when they found a in his um, apartment, they found a flight simulator. That's why this path was very purposeful. He was making sure nobody saw the plane. He didn't know that there in the engines, Boeing has tracking things. So that was yep. a part he didn't know. Cause, so because there's there's three. Three ways to detect them, but right. there's that fourth one that goes back to the company of the owner, like, and, like the actual, and it is the Boeing company that had that. That was the last thing that that kind of, so they, yep. they knew they were where they were for like seven hours, yeah, almost like seven or eight hours after they disappeared. Yep, that must have been the one he didn't know about because yeah. everything else was perfect. So then here, the theory is he takes it out, he starts into that Indian Ocean, which is probably the deepest ocean. Okay, he lands, does a water landing because he wants the plane intact because this is not a crash. If he's going to crash it, he could fly it into a building or do whatever. He's not crashing it on the water because then you got a million pieces. Everybody finds a piece of the plane. So he wants that plane to land and sink. Why? That's no the debris. part. Well, there'd be no debris. It'd just be like the Titanic. But right. why does sinks. he care? Well, that's the that's the part that everybody can't figure out. And the thing is, we would never have known where this plane was if he didn't uh, tip. That's really bad water. He tipped in the right... The wing. They say the, the wing. Right wing. The wing. But you know what's funny? It's the wing that got repaired. 
You mean uh, before the flight? Before the flight, it did go down one time, and it was a, the the wing Same that got wing. repaired. And it's funny how that's the wing that shows up again. So it sounds like a conspiracy. Like it did that yeah. debris. Was it a wing that they repaired, just tossing it out, just to give everybody closure? Exactly. Well, I you know what that I don't know because I know they found the part, and most aviation people say that means it was piloted all the way down because somebody lifted the flap, and the wing got cut, and that's what the only reason there's more pieces right now. That plane is probably at the bottom of the Indian Ocean, fuselage intact, people in their seatbelts, uh, engines two sides of it, and that one wing came off. So that's 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 a theory that you have. I'm going to run a couple. Well, that's other what actually theories. what happened. Well, no, no, you're right. It is a theory. That's okay. a theory that right. will happen. I want to get into a couple other. You tell me your thoughts on them. Okay. And uh, at the end, we'll go with what we think happened. You know, um, have you heard the lithium battery consignments? Uh, give me. A, I've read all of them a little bit. What what did they say on that one? The battery shipment on board was banned by all major airlines, placed in an area without proper fire suppression. Also, three microchip patent owners died on the flight. That's the theory I go with. That was called Freescale. That's a company called Freescale. Had twenty engineers on that plane. That's where I go. Like, like, and here's the whole thing. Who, who, who shows up in this thing? Our good old favorite bad guy leaving Jacob Rothschild. (laughs) And if you don't know who Jacob Rothschild is, just know Mr. Burns is patterned after him on Ah. on the Simpsons. Have you ever seen they look exactly alike? Uh, As the sole patent owner, MH370 was a massive, had a massive amount of lithium ion batteries. Of the total consignment, 240. 2,453 uh, kilograms, which is 5,400 uh, pounds. Uh, Motorola, only 270 lithium batteries in the compliance. Oh, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking well, about. Well, you know what, too? There's two theories about Rothschild, and I thought of the, I liked the first one, but I think both of these are, I absolutely think it's connected to him, but I think that's the decoy. Because the first decoy was that he would get the patent, that he was the fifth of four patent owners of whatever microchip they were talking about. And if those four died, he'd get the first. And that was the first decoy. And I think this is the second. But I do think he is somehow involved with what was going on in that plane because he's connected to free. Um, it's called, uh, I wrote it down, Freescale. Yeah. What is, can you Google Freescale? I believe they've also just been sold to IBM or something like that. It's, you know, because have you ever heard the whole Titanic? I'm going to do a show on the Titanic. Wow. But how the Titanic was basically sunk by the Rothschilds because three billionaires on there were anti uh, anti um, centralized banks. Wow. They didn't want the Federal Reserve. And it's like this is a notorious thing where, like, they aren't afraid to do any of this stuff. I mean, there's all theories about, you know, uh, Hitler being a Rothschild. Uh, his grandfather was Baron Rothschild. Olus was his father, who was uh, the bastard son, straight up Game of Thrones style. Right. And, like, how they're not afraid to cause any problems like this. No, I know, because somebody was like, why would you kill all those people for some money when he had money? And I'm like, because you can never have enough money when you're you those people. You can never have enough money. And that, uh, so also, I think that was just sold or something. Again, he made a lot of money off of it. Um, but also, that's what leaves me with the theory, is the pilot still alive? Because if the pilot makes a water landing, he can get off the plane. Okay, so, I mean, like, it's just, yeah, I mean, the, there's way too many of these batteries on there. And these batteries are most likely used similar to the charges in the World Trade Center. Lithium is extremely re- reactive and the amount was banned according to the major airlines. Subsequently, the large amount of batteries was not scanned and it was placed in an area with fire suppression. There, yeah, there's something on that plane that, that it had, the whole plane had to be lost. The now, whole plane had to disappear. Now, they found the plane? No. No. So how do you know it landed? Uh, they the way they think that it was piloted was the way that right flap the f- the way they found it that a piece broke off of it it would have had to been flap up which would have been he was going in for the landing he couldn't land without the you can't land without those flaps up and and it seems like he picked this place that was so deep that once the plane sunk it was done here's what else is really weird the um he had the in his house he had a flight simulator yes, yeah. right and his family which is, said he was acting weird 
right. And the, the fight, a couple of days before, or something like that. Yeah, which you hope you would if you were going to kill three hundred people. Um, <laughs> you have there'd be something wrong. Um, but the flight simulator pilots don't have that. That's like if I went to your house and you had a mic stand just to practice. So he had that, <laughs> and he mapped this out so perfectly. Well, Malaysian uh, government came out and told everybody about that, and then like two days later, that disappeared. Like, oh, we don't know where that is, and nobody got a second look at it. Oh, my God. And the person that found the right the wing of the plane was murdered. investigator, right? Here yep. it is. On August 24th, Han. Dude, Han, that sounds like some Star Wars shit. Uh, Zara was yeah. assassinated. Han Zahad Zara was assassinated in a place I'm not even going to attempt to fucking pronounce. The debris is still safely in the hands of the Madagascar authorities. However, new arrangements must be made for the collection and delivery of this debris. U.S. lawyer Blaine Gibson, an amateur investigator who is retrieving washed up debris from the Malaysian Airlines, and his friend Zara ha- had been due to deliver the new item to the Malaysian investigator when he was killed. And uh, Blaine Gibson is still getting death threats. Why? Who is death threatening this guy? I don't know. That's the thing. Because all show. I mean, I, I think this is right. It's got to go back to somebody as big as Rothschild. Because who else could go to the Malaysian government and go, that's going to disappear. That, that, that thing you, you just brought out as evidence, that's going to go away. Now there's also the theory of the stolen plane CIA cover-up. Malaysian current Prime Minister uh, Mo Mohanad has corroborated this theory, suggesting the American, American secret agents knew where the plane is located. He said in 2000, 2014, someone is hiding something. And that is a typical CIA fucking thing, mm-hmm. dude. Nothing, you know, it's just like if you actually took a look at, at, at all, we did a whole thing of all the false flags. And this, they're connected to so much shit. Yeah, and that's why I always laugh when people are like, "Hey, dude, you know, we gotta trust the, we gotta trust the intelligence community." And there's a lot of good people in the CIA and a lot of good people in the FBI, but there is some shady ass shit going mm-hmm. on. I knew a guy that worked for the CIA, and all he knew was he always had to have a bag packed, and he'd get a phone call, and they'd go, "You're gonna go pick up this bag, and you're gonna drop it off over there to that guy," and that was all he did. And he never knew what was in the bags, and he never knew. So you know. You can't even connect the two. But I always thought that's weird. We're in weird times when you can actually trust the CIA more than the FBI all of a sudden. It's that means something's weird. wrong. The prior to the plane's disappearance, Captain Zahar Saha, I, I butchered that, had listed the small island of Diego Garcia. Anyone ever been to Diego Garcia? Mm-mm. I have. Have you? Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's uh, it's a island that nobody's ever. You're like, how the fuck did anybody find this island? It's um. so in the middle of nowhere. And it's just like trying to find a pin in a needle. I like boats just had to be going, and they just hold, oh man, we found land. That's how weird, random it is, right? And somebody named it. Yeah, <laughs> named it after. It sounds like a pitcher for the Dodgers, right? Yeah, that's what uh, they named it after. <laughs> and uh, it's about four thousand seven hundred kilometers northeast, northwest of Australia. Uh, and here's the whole thing: pictures were taken. There were pictures actually of like. People of a plane landing. Oh, there, yeah. Right? Like, it's weird as shit. It's weird as shit. The theories suggest that Captain Saha may have been practicing landing the plane on the island strip, which is controlled by Britain, but is home to U.S. naval base. I have been there. There's a lot of Filipino cover bands there, okay? <laughs> Suggestions have been made that the plane may have been stolen by terrorists and hidden in northern Pakistan or even North Korea dictator Kim Jong-un possible cia connection i don't know why they'd steal the plane who uh uh they had north korea they had another theory with uh putin russia Russia. Russia took it um but i don't think i do with the ukraine something with russia and ukraine well 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 you know there there could have been some sort of uh tension to cause tension between china and russia in the Ukraine, which is basically a proxy army of the United States, like mm-hmm. we've basically funded them. And it's like we basically funded a neo-Nazi uh, a party of the Ukraine. Like we fund anybody. So we fund this army. And uh, basically they, they think the theory is that maybe they shot them down in order to blame it on Russia. But if they shot them down, we still should have more pieces of the plane and they should be scattered. Right. 
So I, I still I still think that plane's on the bottom of the Indian Ocean. In fact, what's weird, they found a shipwreck they've been looking for for hundreds of years while they're looking for this plane. Really? Yeah. Well, you know what happened? I, like Malaysia, they lied about when's the last time they were tracking the plane. I don't know if you know, they said it was like two hours, like like an hour after, but they were following it for another three, four hours. You want to know why they didn't tell everybody? Why? Because they didn't want the other countries to know that the radar power was so good. Oh. So they cut oh. They're the reason they they lost. It's a reason that people say they could have lost oh. the plane. Because think about it. You're Malaysia. You don't want to let every other country know that your radar game right. is on point. Think about it. You're like, I ain't letting no one know. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell them that my radar thing is so far. So they never let it out. And finally, they're like, I think we lost the plane. They let everybody now know. Well, that's interesting because did did uh, Zafar, Zahari know? Because of the way he took that, was he actually outside of their airspace or was he in it? Did they know once he turned the transponder off? No. I know that's I don't know, so. But I just know that they were lying about the radar, the, the radar game. About they were how lying good they about, were. Yeah, they were yeah. lying about how good they were because you don't want the other countries knowing you're watching, knowing everything. that you're watching everything. You want to let mm. them know, like I got three mile radius. When I got twenty miles, I know what you're doing, but I can't right. let you know because some people, three hundred people disappeared. And that's a pretty good excuse to let them know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's a good. Listen, it's a little stronger than we've been saying. But anyways, moving right along, uh, we've tracked it way over here. It's so interesting, man. Have you have you done any military um, tours? Tours, yeah. So it's so interesting as you leave the United States and you go further and further into the third world, how the planes get shadier and shadier. Mm -hmm. And I remember going into Kazakhstan and I'm just like, this looks like like if they did a 70s porno in a plane, (laughs) that's what the fuck, what the whole like, uh, you know, interior looks like weird, like 70s porno, purple colors. Weird. It's very like it's so old. It's so old, man, and it's just like you, you couldn't even imagine what their their equipment must be like. But you but really that, are. But that was the difference between this plane. This plane is the largest twin turbojet flying plane, one fifth of power of a spaceship engine. It was like they usually run for twenty five years. It had been running for twelve years. It wasn't like it was a, a good dying, plane. It was a good plane. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like a Kazakhstan plane. Right, we're like, well, right. that shit fell. Well, it fell. Yeah. Right. But did you did you see it before you got on? It looked like it was yeah. going to fall. This did not look like it had any chances of falling. It no, even like it that model of plane was really yeah, good. And that guy huge. knew what he was doing. He built that flight simulator in his house. Like he knew what he was doing. He was a he was a sharp guy. So it was. You know, he modeled it perfectly. I do wonder now if he knew that if Malaysia, if he knew that Malaysia had that big of a space of radar because it was so perfectly calculated so no one else would see him. But then it leans to did the Malaysian government know he was going to do it? Did they not care? Because you, I mean, in the United States, if a plane goes out of track, oh, fuck. You got, you got, you got, you got. 20, 10 minutes before there's something on you. On here, you're just like, oh, yep. they're lost, but who cares? Like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. On here, after the 9-11, ain't shit going down. Like, well, go- yeah, well, they did say he kept switching airspaces so that nobody would know. They'd see a little blip come That's in and go out. That's gotta be so. crazy. Yeah, he had to be, uh, I be mean. like, just, where are we going? Right. Well, they think that everybody was depressurized before he made the turn because you would know because a couple of his turns were kind of deep, so you'd be like, whoa, who's turning the plane over? Who's, uh, are we doing a spin so they fast I, and furious tokyo drift just yeah. those weird tokyo yeah. drift turns right yeah yeah that's so weird yeah and at that point people would have had cell phones or something going on you know you just would because my, my cell phone's on half the time anyways connect to the wi-fi or whatever and leave a picture or something but nothing well you know i mean like ever since operation northwood which do you know what operation Mm-mm. northwood which one? is well when jfk was president uh uh, basically, a plan got to his desk for him to sign, and that was the CIA wanted to fake uh, a Cuban attack. And what they were going to do is going to uh, publicity, do a big press on these uh, college art students or band, musicians going to Cuba for this big festival. And they were going to do a big all over the news. Hi, we're leaving. Get on the plane, right? Put them in the air, then land them, take the kids off. Fly, put another plane in the air and blow it up. Ah. And then they were going to blame it on uh, uh, Cuba. Cuba. 
which is a very similar to 9-11 if you think about it. I mean, 9-11, 2001, we didn't have the technology to make calls home. And like people ping those calls and those are calls from the ground. So if you think about it, they could have landed it. And that almost fits into this theory that they landed in Diego Garcia. I wonder what they do with the students, though. Why well, they don't back just then, kill the them. the students were probably, well, the students... Uh, we're pro- maybe not even students, but CIA uh, agents or stuff like that yeah. who play ball. Uh, you know, the whole theory is that Marky Mark was supposed to be Mark Wahlberg was a supposed to be on a flight, but magically didn't get on the flight. But now he's got a million movies and a million TV shows. You know, that's interesting because Seth MacFarlane didn't make the flight. And I actually know another person, two people that didn't make the flights out of Boston. And that is kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, that's that uh, I know more people that miss that flight. I don't know any people that miss flights. Yeah, I've no. Yeah, you know more people that miss those particular flights. The, yeah, than ever missed in in like in your life. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. And now they all huh. have a million shows. You know, it's my theory on Snoop Dogg, okay? Why yeah. Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg beats a murder rap that everybody thought he was supposed to make. And it's like, that's why, that's why when you see, I say this all the time, but when you see two, when you see Snoop Dogg inducting Tupac into the Hall of Fame or doing the hologram thing, just know that if Tupac was alive, he'd go nuts. He hated Snoop Dogg because he thought Snoop Dogg was a snitch. Oh, you're going to hate, you're going to get hate for that. Every time you talk about that, everyone's like, no, you don't know the real. I do. I I know. Trust me, dude. It's the truth, man. They don't believe it. They don't want to believe it. So he gets this murder rap and he he beats it and nobody knows how he beats it because they have him dead to rights. And now look at him like he's got every show on TV. Martha Stewart. Right. I mean, dude, the guy had a, a weed line, a porn line, okay, was rapping about putting caps in people's asses and hosting Sesame Street. Like, that Uh. makes no fucking sense, man. It makes no sense. Well, Katy Perry just did this tour. It was the Third Eye Tour or something, and everybody on the tour got a tattoo, had to get a tattoo of the Third Eye. Like like performing on the tour? Yeah, Yeah, everybody was on the tour, had to get a tattoo. And then, and I know somebody that was on that tour, and then it got even stranger. And, and so there's something about that. And her third eye tour was the Illuminati eye on the top of the dollar. Oh, for sure. Like, like dude, did you watch her? So the people, the people putting up cables do and me shit a favor. like that. Don't, oh, don't turn on because they're gonna they'll, they'll nail us. But if you could look at just look at stills of Katy Perry Saturday Night Live spirit cooking. Katy Perry, Saturday Night Live. What, what it was? Yeah. Stills, right? No. Katy Perry. Just do Katy Perry, Saturday Night Live. Uh, spirit Cooking, dude. Yeah, that's it. Is that the song, Spirit Cooking? No, it's uh, Spirit Spirit Cooking. Yeah, you're doing, you're, you're doing better than I can. Spirit Cooking, Saturday Night Live. Oh, my goodness. Cooking, Saturday Night Live. Now, just know, okay, just go to pictures. Just go to images and see if we can find it. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, look at... No, the other one. Tip the other one. That one, yes. This one? Yeah, click on that. So, that picture right there, the top one, is Katy Perry on Saturday Night Live. Okay? She's doing that. If you know what spirit cooking is, dude, that is when everybody in white sits around and they have some weird kind of, like, what looks like a person that they chop up and eat. It's, like, supposed to be simulation, Uh but that's what the dark arts are. Now, she does that on Saturday Night Live. That same episode, The Rock, okay, who is going to run for president, and he kind of gave it out, man. He didn't let anybody know because he met with the Saudi Arabians and Rupert Murdoch in Saudi Arabia, and he tweeted about it, and he mentioned that they were drinking, which is a big no-no in Saudi Arabia, okay? So then um, he does the sketch, which is funny until you put all this together, but he does. it's a sketch about how... uh, that all the most evil masterminds are getting together on who's going to be the most evil, 
who wins the most evil mastermind? And one person's like, I've created an ice ray, and I'm going to turn the you know Eiffel Tower into ice. Everyone's like, oh, that's easy. Evil, right? That's evil. <laughs> and then The Rock comes out. He's like, I've created a robot that can molest children at like a thousand times quicker than everybody else. And like that was the sketch. Wow. Was that he had a molesting robot, and everyone's like, dude, that's really gross and evil. And he's like, I thought this was an evil competition. But you put that with Katy Perry's like weird spirit cooking episode and it's like super creepy man yeah yeah isn't there one with britney spears too there's something is that it right there with her go head down. on a go on down a, go down a little far show keep going down here it is i'll show you it's this picture right here you see that see that she's sitting there in all white and that's right there and they just they act like they're eating it and, and that's pamela anderson yeah wow Dark arts, man. I think so. I think so. Oh, dude. Show business, yeah. Yeah, it's too, at that level, it's too calculated. When you uh, get known as one name, you're in dark arts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. You're in dark arts. So, ooh, did I break this? I think I just did, but that's fine. Um, is that it again? And yeah, why is she there? Your, yeah, dude. Are these, are these photoshopped? No. No, I don't think that looks photoshopped. No, it's not. But like but that's that's like the haha fun version of it, like all uh -huh. let's see each other, blah blah blah. But that's what dark arts real shit goes on. Okay? So uh here's another episode another weird thing. Now we already did Rothschild, but this is a different Rothschild connection, okay? Jacob Rothschild becomes sole patent holder of a microprocessor with the death of four people on the flight. Now the whole theory is that the uh, MH370 hid in the shadow of another flight. Blogger Keith Ledger Ledgerwood argues that MH370 may have hid itself uh, from radar de detection by maneuvering itself behind Singapore Airlines Flight 68. It's my belief that the M37 M, excuse me, MH370 likely flew in the shadow of this flight through India and Afghanistan airspace. And flying dark without a transporter uh, would have no uh, knowledge of that. And that the 370 was any, anywhere around and as it entered Indian airspace. It would have shown up on a single blip on the radar with only the transporter information of SIA-68 lighting up with uh, the military radar screens. And the other plane would have to know. I mean, they'd see it. But not if it, not if it was, was right underneath? Not if it was like, not if all of its stuff was off. Not if the transponder was off. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't read it, then it was behind it. Mm. That one's interesting. And then the final one. And then they're saying, so a fake plane went out but, the other way? Because no, like, they do they, have the engine. They have like river mules. River mirrors to look to see if there's anybody around I don't know, you. They, you know what I mean? I like, look around, like I would say, I was like, how could you I not see a whole other fucking can, plane around If you? I can look at my car and see how I'm backing up, they should know who's underneath them. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> then there's another one. And guys, I'm killing it on this reading, by the way. Bowen patent on remote control takeover of aircraft. There's speculation that 370 could have been taken over con remote controlly in order to foil hijack attempt. Some of these speculations have mentioned a U.S. patent that Boeing filed for in February 2007 in uh, November 2006 for a system that, once activated, would re remove all controls from pilot and automatically fly and land the plane at a predetermined location. Uh, you know what? They're all good. I still think that I still think that plane's at the bottom of the Indian Ocean. That's all. I I just think do it's you in think one those, piece. Uh, those two Iranians have anything to do with it? Well, you know what? This is where you get into that place of can you were, believe anything? Because those were the two guys that that went in there under an Australian right. and a French guy, right? Right. Wrong names. They had yeah. they had fake passports. Yeah. Yeah, and they were yeah Iranian. that was a big thing, right? Yeah, that got written off pretty quick because they said they saw. They're, I don't know how, they but you know, to be refugees. But I'm like, I, right. I don't know. I know that is kind of there's it's a lot to get going on, a, on on that plane. Like how are you That's a refugee? What, yeah. Like how are you a refugee and you go and you get passed as an Australian or a French? Like oh really? Like, yeah, you, no and, one's gonna wonder why you don't have money. You don't have suitcases showing up with what? This, as this, a refugee, how much can you bring with you? Yeah, this plane is like eighty. Uh, what is it? Eighty days around the planet. There's four. There's uh, there's twenty free scale employees. There's two guys with fake passports. There's a wrong number on the manifest list. 
they couldn't they lost one or didn't know about one or something like that how often that's got to be you know you know how that is in this country that doesn't happen here right, you, right. i can't get mascara on the plane never mind a, <laughs> the fake count yeah and if they do let something on it's on purpose like the guy who flew from uh alaska to fort lauderdale and shot up the airport uh, in the same county where the mm-hmm. bomber was came from, and in the same county as the Parkland shooting, in the same county that Debbie Wasserman Schultz runs, shady shit, right? Yeah. Oh, I have two stories for you. One, I'd love to hear them. Uh, uh, this is actually a true story. It happened to a friend of mine, that, to my dad's friend. Uh, he would play poker in the casino every time. You know they have that card? They know you play poker. They know that his identification. One day he's walking out. He's got $1 left. And on a whim, for the first time in 20 years, he puts the dollar into a slot machine. And the guy is on the second slot machine. The guy goes, no. And he pulls it. And it's like 70000 50000 some incredible amount. Come out, pull him in the back room, interrogate him for hours. Turns out that was an FBI snitch. That's how he was supposed to get his payoff. And just on a whim, and they thought he had, they were like, we know you only pay play poker so how did you know to put your money in that machine oh like, my god like, yeah. really yeah can you imagine did they give him anything he got he had to keep it they got to keep you know what i he mean they the had book. to give him the money yeah. yeah so the fbi had to pay that's how they can bribe <laughs> yes. people by rigging these things in a casino I tell my yeah. girlfriend she can't stop losing all my fucking money at an Indian at these right. Indian casinos playing right. video poker all the time. I'm like, go play real poker. You have a chance to win. That's just luck. You've got to be. In. She won the worst thing happened. She won twenty grand one time, and uh, now it's like now she thinks it happens yeah, every time. Yeah, but uh, can you imagine that guy sitting there and he's the one that was just all he had to do was watch that machine and he turns away for a minute and some other guy pulls the. Unbelievable. And they admitted to him instead of just giving him the money? Oh, they interrogated well, they him for to, hours. They, they wanted to he know how he knew how. Yeah, they, they thought wa- he was set like up a, by the snitch yeah. so they'd get it twice. And they, they like, really had to figure out who he was. But I asked my postman about the um, guy that mailed the bombs and there was no postage stamp on yeah. it. And he said it happens a lot, but he also said all these bombs were uh, light postage. They were, like, 50 cents light. So they were flagged. Only, he said only one girl caught the flag, but you. But he had the wrong postage. So if you're going to mail a bomb, get the yep, right. It doesn't postage. even make sense. I know. By the way, what is with the per- presentation of the bombs when you're taking yeah. pictures? It looks like it, like you're shooting a, a Denny's menu, right? Yeah. You like <laughs> bombs and grand slams, man. It just doesn't work. And it's like, was there two pictures? There's supposedly eleven bombs. Where are the other pictures yeah. of the eleven ones? And none of them go off. It's like how convenient going after these power players one week before the whole thing and no post stage and they get the guy in two days you know where ted kaczynski could go like right decades with knowing they know exactly who this guy is while he's in jail right while he's in jail his website changes his political affiliation from democrat to republican i mean uh. such crazy and again he's from that that same county florida that- yeah i hate florida <laughs> I always say it in Florida. My joke is in Florida, they say, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes and someone will shoot you. Yeah. I mean, that's where the guy smoked bath salts, ate the guy's face. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. In but it's a wonderful state. You ever go there? You're like, you people are great for comedy. They yeah. get it. They come to laugh. Well, you know, I'm with you on, I think, especially Texas. I found people in Texas, like, even, I don't feel like comedy is that sexist anymore. I think it used to be, but I think now people just go and they're like, we don't care as long as they're funny. When they trust the club, they go as long as they're funny. And I used to find that where, when it was kind of like, oh, we don't want to hear women talk about men stuff, there'd be this, eh, Texas, they didn't care. They were all in. They were like, you're just going to be funny, right? Now, as, as how long have you been doing comedy? Probably 25 years. 25 years. So you're like me. You're like, we're 90s, started in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was a different time. So as you hear these younger women coming through, and they're talking all the time about, ah, oh, so, ah, 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 and you're like, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Because, like, you went through when you're like, no, we're not putting you on the, f- no, no, I don't think women are funny. And not that people don't say that now. Right. But it's like, it's definitely, there's a, I mean, in LA, I always feel like, 
Uh, if if a woman has a little comedy, she you know a little chops, she can move pretty quick because there's such a need for females in comedy now. But back then it wasn't like that, and it was like a real grind. What's your whole thoughts on that? I think the Me Too movement is gonna. I'm all Me Too. Okay, I'm all in. I'm all in for it. But I think that's just the pendulum is swinging right now. But I know that a friend of mine got in trouble because she did put up a post that was kind of like, "Suck it up, girls." I mean, it's a tough business. You know what I mean? And there is a certain level. There's a big level of sexism still. But then again, if you're a white guy, there's too many white guys. You know what I mean? If you're a black guy, they want you to act like a black guy. So everybody's kind of got their thing. Got their battle. So I thought when, when when I was really in it, what they wanted is they wanted you good enough to middle and they would never move you out of there. That's what they wanted. They wanted the girl in the middle and that was it. So that leap to headliner was terrible. Hard. Yeah. Still is hard. Yeah. Like I go, I watch these guys, these locals in these towns that haven't really moved to New York or L.A. And uh, it's it's hard to make yeah. that jump to to headliner because you either it's I mean, I'm blessed with this show that we're, you know, we're getting a little people following come to see us. But man, I mean, I go yeah. out someplace. I'm like, oh, my God. There's nobody here, and you're just like, what do I got to do? Right, that's it. And then you get your internet sensations who aren't necessarily stand-ups, and then they're filling the room. So everything's just, it is, we have to be marketers now. But yeah, I I think it's, you know what, everything is off. I, I know, you know, I'm too old. I got the chops, but I'm too old for this or that. But you just got to keep going. Just what you did. I, I'm starting to cut my own path. And I like, love it. it's like, shut your, put your blinders on and go. And yeah. don't let anybody stop you. Yeah. That's what I always tell them. It's, there's always another show. You can't be fired from show business. Yeah. Just keep going, you know? Yeah. If somebody, what is show business anymore? Yeah. Final, final thing. Any thoughts of aliens being involved? I remember hearing that. No, I wish. Believe me, I would love that one because I'm all about the aliens. Alien attacks, I would love huh? for that. I couldn't find the planes on the moon. Yeah, a spat of UFO sightings in Malaysia at the time had linked to proof of extraterrestrial involvement on CR. What a great way. I mean, that's kind kind of like Groupon of probing. You're like, (laughs) you know, it's like buying a whole egg carton of people if you're an alien. You're like, oh, let's grab this one. Look at all the probings we could do. I think they don't, uh, I don't think they need that. But I do think that um, when you're talking Rothschild and stuff, you're talking reptilians. Yeah. You're talking part reptilian. Do you believe believe in reptiles? Absolutely. You think the top is? I, Do you think in Hollow Earth? To... Are you a Hollow Earth person? Is that where they hang out? I mean, think about it. How many religions have a hell in the middle of the planet with a bunch of demons? What do reptile people might look like? Is demons, right? The, yeah, or they might. I, I think they're more. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm on the reptile thing. In fact, I've had I've, I've talked to you know who she's great, uh, Jessa Reed. Yes. And I'm going to interview a woman in Utah, and her name is Dayette, and she was channeling a reptilian that was explaining their whole theory here. I'm going to interview what, her. What is their theory? They are some of – there's all kinds of tribes here. Like, I'm supposedly from Orion, which is the greatest thing ever. I'm excited about that. That's great. <laughs> I'm an Orion one. Um, and the reptilians are the people – they are the, – this guy was saying that um, his children are here. They are the reptilians here. They are very different from humans, and you can see it, and they want – a fight. They want a fight. They live off bad energy. They live off the bad archons. energy. The archons sent them to they're not creative people and they're here to make us be miserable and sad right. and they feed off that. And their theory is if I challenge you into a fight, I'm making you a better competitor. So they're not about peace or love at all. These ones are just about we want land, we want ownership, we want that. We want what you have. So, yeah. I mean, that explains a lot. So, final thoughts on. Uh, do you have something to say? Aaron's thought. I want to know. I want to know his thoughts. We'll get Aaron. About your one. final thoughts. You think he he put everybody to sleep and gently landed in, in the plains at the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Yep. And he might be somewhere else. Like, what do you think? The same thing. You think that? Yeah. I, but I think that debris is fake. I don't think that's debris oh, from the actual thing. I I'm going to combine two. I think that the. Um, I think that the Rothschilds were involved. This is like conspiracy clue, by the way. Um, I think the Rothschilds are involved, and they use that Boeing thing to take over the um, take over the plane, and they landed it and, and took everybody out to keep the patent. Keep the patent, and it's uh, time for everybody's favorite part of the show. I can't wait to hear his thoughts on this. Uh, real quick, let me do this. Where is it? We always go to our favorite. Skeptic, here we go. 
No, that's not it. Aaron, thoughts? <laughs> um, I don't know what happened, but uh, I don't think a water landing is that easy in Actually, the middle of the is. ocean. Oh, sorry. It doesn't no, seem go like for it. it. Go for it. But explain to me if, if you can. Uh, How to like land to on the water? Yeah, yeah, if, if it's that easy to do in a jumbo He was jet. that good of a pilot, and you see, if you Google uh, water landings and you see the guy, you know, the guy did it in the Hudson. Another plane did it. It's actually not that hard. And if he was that good that he could build his own simulator, he would. I have no doubt he'd be able to do it. Okay. All right. I well, couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I certainly couldn't <laughs> That's either. That's the closest <laughs> we've ever gotten Aaron to agreeing with us. Karen, one more time, tell me your uh, your podcast and where they can find you. My podcast is Paranormal Karen, and you can find me at paranormalkaren.com or karenrontowski.com, and you can book a tarot reading, too. Any dates coming up that you want people to know about? This weekend, I'm in Ogden, Utah, and the weekend after that, I'm at Wisecrackers in Pennsylvania. All right, yeah. ma'am. They, they can find all those dates at your website? Yes, yes. All right, all right. All, all this information comes from the ruins. Uh, there's only truth in the ruins. The ruins, the liars die and go away. The ruins are where the truth arises above all. So all this information has been researched and checked, and the ruins, those who enter the ruins, are seeking the truth, and we appreciate everybody who is at the ruins. And we will talk to you guys soon, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks, guys.